Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good morning, Hoopballers, and welcome to another edition of Hoopballs DFS Today. I am your host, Santino Cacone, and I am joined by our Friday superstar and Aaron Asmus. How you doing tonight, Aaron? Doing really good. I'd be doing a lot better if Andre Drummond didn't put up 33 and 22, but uh, we we move on to the next play. <laughs> yeah, he had himself a game. He grabbed a lot of weird uh, blocks that counted as rebounds. Mitch Robinson got hurt for briefly, and then he dominated in that um, pretty predictably. But yeah, he went off tonight. And yeah, you're right. We, we go down to the next one. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> this is going to be a pretty pretty good slate. This is your uh, January 16th edition on Saturday. Uh, we have six games, but this slate is broken into two different two different um, contests. So we have a two-game slate, and then we have a four-game slate. So it's going to be a little bit different. We don't have that showdown, which I'm glad that we have a little bit more options and an actual uh, normal slate normalcy of a slate on Saturday because me and you always have that, that showdown, and then we get into right. a normal slate. Um, and it's still pretty pretty uh, low on the amount of games because of cancellations. We just saw another one on Friday that just happened right before tip-off, about an hour before. And then we already had the, the Suns and a couple other people get canceled, the Wizards. Uh, so here we are. And we we might be <laughs> – you never know at this rate. We might get another one. I'm assuming if one's going to get canceled, we're lo- I'm looking right at Philadelphia and Memphis uh, because Memphis played Minnesota in their last game, and they were supposed to play again on Friday as in a rematch, but it didn't happen because Towns and a couple other people uh, – but we know Carl Anthony Towns tested positive, and there was a couple other people out for health and safety. Uh, now we got to go contact tracing, and Memphis is probably in that protocol right now. So if, someone, if a game is going to get canceled, book it. It's Sixers, Grizzlies, um, or someone else because <laughs> I don't know what's going on this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but right before we get into it, I do want to say let's uh, shout out our guys over at my bookie. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know that I don't like to give my stamp of approval out to just anybody here, uh, but I do love my bookie. I play it pretty much daily, uh, whether it's the casino or gambling. Uh, in, I mean, starting to play a lot more casino games here, uh, mainly single deck black, play a couple hands, win and leave because I know better, especially on the computer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they are the only place that I trust to handle my NBA-related bet. NBA-related bets. Oof, try and say that one fast. Uh, the one sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for the national championship. That already happened. Uh, the one line or the one book that's going to give me the best odds for the NFL playoffs, which are going to be today and tomorrow and then next weekend and then in two weekends after that, which is going to be awesome. Uh, but I, it's it's simple to sign up for Hoopball as, or uh, my bookie as well. You just sign up by entering the promo code Hoopball. That's H O O P B A L L, and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. So head on over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Uh, but Aaron, let's get right into this two game slate, man. We got the Houston Rockets at the San Antonio Spurs and Orlando Magic playing on the back end of a back to back against the new look Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we don't know exactly what the Nets will look like in the new look uh, because Kyrie Irving will not be playing in this one, and James Harden is currently questionable uh, The trade with the trade pending. I believe he's going to play, but again, 
Now that's that's for we'll we'll see about that. But we'll start with this first game, the Rockets against the Spurs. This is a rematch where the Rockets just won on the last one. Uh, and, and for the Rockets, they're pretty much kind of uh, banged up still in this one. They have John Wall that's out. Daniel House that's out. DeMarcus Cousins is doubtful. Chris Clemens, Broderick Thomas are both out. And Eric Gordon is probably the only one of this group that might play. Uh, he is questionable, but probably looking more close closer to doubtful than questionable like DeMarcus Cousins is. And on the San Antonio Spurs, we have... Keta Bates Diop is out. Drew Eubanks is out. Quandre Ritherspoon is out. And Derek White is out. Uh, the line in this one, I believe they have this one up. Uh, the line is, oh, nope, they uh, don't see one up now. I just thought I saw it earlier, but I, I did not. Um, oh, I, they just have a, a negative seven line for the Spurs, but they don't have an over under now, which is weird because we know most of the people that are already out, maybe they're just waiting on. Um, if Victor Oladipo can play, but I, I don't think he might. I will see about that one. He's he's also in that trade. Uh, but let's go on to the the Rocket side, man. And and what are you looking here? We have we already have a lot of usage gone. Uh, I guess it is up to Victor Oladipo and Eric Gordon to see if we can go back to the well on some of these real cheap guys. Yeah, I, I think you said it. You know, this is kind of surprisingly a pretty decent. Two games late, especially if we get word that James Harden is going to play. I think you can do some really creative things. But I think the one, I think you go right back to the well on, on just about all these guys. Uh, Jay Sean Tate is the first guy I would look at 4,700. He showed really great uh, point forward skills that I didn't really know he had in his tool bag in the last <laughs> Me neither. I did not expect you know, that. You know, he had 10 assists and he looked super comfortable with the ball and he was driving and dishing really effectively and uh Rogers might have found themselves a little player here like I, I was just not expecting kind of that point four I knew he was kind of like a three and D hustle guy you know he works hard on the floor but I was definitely was not expecting that level of proficiency as a passer so I I think that role is right there for that for him again even if Eric Gordon does play we're at this point, we're not expecting Oladipo to play, and with Cousins out, um, who he just soaks up at almost every possession when he's in the game for you know his twenty eighteen to twenty two minutes. Uh, it's just probably the top three to four guys uh, that we expect to lead this team in usage are not going to be playing for the for this game. So I really like Jay Sean Tate at forty seven hundred. And then Christian Wood, once again, uh, he kind of showed you uh, why at the end of last season where we were paying these similar tags for him. You know, we paid 7700 in the last slate. And the guy is just good. He's just a dang good offensive player. And with he's just he's going to need to be that again if the Rockets want to keep this game close. And I, th- I think they are... It's a little pricey at 8700 but we also can expect some pretty decent value on with these Houston guys. So I think you can fit Wood pretty comfortably in at 8700 Yeah, I don't mind Wood either. He, he just had a great game against these guys. Uh, and if we get word that Victor Oladipo is not playing, whether Eric Gordon plays or not, 
Um, Victor Oladipo doesn't play. That that's a big usage guy right there, and I don't expect him to. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> we there's a lot of been been a lot of curveballs out there lately, so uh, don't don't take that for gospel. But I don't expect him to play. And Christian Wood at 87 is not a bad target if you can uh, if he's not there. Um, if Eric Gordon plays 5300, love that price tag for this guy. He's going to be the primary ball handler probably and take a lot of shots anytime he could shoot uh, with this team. If he doesn't play. We get we can go back to the well on Ben McLemore. He had an underwhelming game last one, but for 3600 if people are turned off on him in this one, I think that's a very good price tag, especially considering that we're probably going to want to get at least one of the superstars on Brooklyn. Uh, so right. I like I like Ben there. Uh, I expect a lot more from him than what he did last game. Uh, Sterling Brown, another guy, only went to 4600 uh, he did really well last game, and if Eric Gordon and Oladipo aren't there, he's going to be starting at point guard and playing a ton of minutes again. Uh, he could play anywhere from the one, two, or three. Um, and you you mentioned Tate, forty seven hundred. Yeah, if those two guys aren't there, he's he's going to play regardless. But if those two guys aren't there, that just gives him more ball handling and uh, usage opportunities. So another guy you can target. This Houston team is going to. We're hoping that at least Oladipo doesn't play. And if Gordon doesn't play, that's cool too because you're getting a lot of usage and a lot of cheap plays on here for Houston to help you put in your top-tier superstars. So uh, that's where I'd be looking at, and I I don't mind Wood either. Um, But, yeah, where where are you looking at in San Antonio on the Spurs side? Uh, They surprisingly lost to this team last time. Do you think they come back and with the vengeance in this one? I mean, I I think so. You know, the – the Spurs aren't quite yet out of the playoffs. I don't think. I think I saw a crazy. I don't. I don't think anyone actually is. I saw a crazy t- stat where uh, I think twenty eight teams had won forty percent of their games or something along those lines. So there's just not, you know, the normal disparity we're used to in the NBA doesn't seem to be quite as prevalent this year, where there's just just overwhelmingly dominant teams and just you know the bottom ten or so are just completely garbage. Um, but and this is just one a super winnable game for them. So I I really expect them kind of maybe to extend their starters a little bit and try to really get the win in this one. Uh, first spot I would look as um, I think Lamarcus Aldridge has an excellent excellent matchup at sixty eight hundred against Christian Wood. Uh, he's been more secure than I figured coming back uh, coming back from injury. You know he they he's been over thirty minutes in just about every game outside of those first first couple, and I expect Pop to keep him around that range. And you know he was not good in this matchup, so there's some really good fade you know fade recency bias with him, and it's a very reasonable price tag at sixty eight hundred. Uh, and he has the multiple multiple position eligibility at power forward center, so I think he's probably the most reasonable price tag. Uh, Deontay Murray is finally getting to a point where he's getting really, really hard to play at 7,800. That's kind of, almost priced to perfection with him. You know, I loved him down in the, when he was you know 6.8, 6.5, 6.8 range. But you're getting to the point where you know I would need somebody out for me to feel comfortable playing 7.8k for Deontay Murray. And he does contribute in just every every category, almost better than just about any point guard in the league, but just a little too expensive 
for me, uh, Keldon Johnson, kind of the same idea. Um, you know, he's kind of he's been in this six K range. You know, low six six K range. He's up to six point seven. That's his highest price tag of the season. Uh, it's I think it's a good matchup for him. Uh, he's kind of the guy. Pop is the most comfortable really ex- overextending his minutes. Um, but again, just a little pricey. And there's I I got a feeling we're gonna be wanting to pay for uh, the Brooklyn studs in the next game. So I'll. I think Aldridge is, if I'm going anywhere, I'm going Aldridge. And for more balanced builds, I love these Spurs guys, if you're fading the Brooklyn Stars. But I think I want to prioritize the Brooklyn guys over the the mid-range here. Yeah, and I'm with you. Uh, Murray, this is a good matchup for him. And I wanted to put him in more lineups. But at 7.8, you're right, he's, he's kind of maxing out where... He's too much to where I want to play him. Now that's that's a lot of of money for him. I wish he yeah. was closer to if he was closer to seven k or six nine six seven one, then I would feel more comfortable. But at seven eight, it's kind of pushing the the line, if not passing it, of where I feel comfortable playing him. Uh, DeRozan, not bad play, but I'd rather just get Christian Wood, knowing that he's easily there's no one he's really fighting for for touches if he wants those touches. Uh, so. I'm not going to really go there either. Keldon Johnson and Aldridge are looking at me, uh, but you're right. I, I know I want to get some Brooklyn guys in here, especially if both of them play. If both of them play, probably going to not have much exposure to any of these starters on uh, San Antonio. If Harden does not miss, then I'll look more closer at Aldridge and Keldon Johnson. Um, don't want to totally chase Keldon's big game in the last one, but I still think that's, uh, he, him and Aldridge are, are both always close to me on which one I want to go with. And it all depends on, do I want another center option or do I want a small forward option? So I don't mind either. Um, but if I'm not, if I'm going to play anybody guy of these guys and I'm going with the, the two big guys, I'm looking closer at a Patty Mills and a, and a Rudy Gay type of guys. Um, maybe Jakob Pertl just cause he's so cheap now. I know he's barely playing any minutes, but if this, if they come back with a vengeance and this game turns ugly, Pirtle should play hopefully 20 minutes and at 3,200. I know he'll bring back value at 20, 21 minutes. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm mainly looking at Patty Mills and Rudy Gay if I'm playing anybody here because I know I'm going to get a ton of exposure in this next game. So I'm with you, man. Waste no time. Let's jump right into this Orlando-Brooklyn uh, game. And we do have a spread for this one. We have a 220 half over under, and we have a whopping Nets home favorite at giving 14 points. So Vegas definitely thinks that James Harden's going to play this one or else 14 points is crazy. Uh, you have no Kyrie, no Levert, no Allen. If you have no Harden, there's no way. Yeah, I said a lot of no's, but there's no way that they're giving 14 points to the Magic. Uh, I know the Magic just got blown out by the the Celtics, um, but that, that's a lot of points to give somebody. Uh, so I think Vegas expects Harden to play, and I'm going to run with that and expect Harden to play as well. Uh, but let's start with the the Magic side on the injury report. We don't have an injury report for them because they just played tonight. Um, but on the net side, we have Dinwiddie, Kyrie, Claxton, and they're all out, and Harden is questionable. I'll start with the, the Magic on here. Vucevic. Um, this is a pretty good matchup for him. We thought last night was a good matchup too, and he kind of didn't do so great. They they got blown out, so I can't blame him. Um, but I don't think I can play him here. 
I'm just going to want to play hard. I'm going to I want to play the new toys in Harden and Durant, and I think everybody yeah. else wants to play them too. Uh, so at so at 9500, I'm just going to pay up, and if I don't pay up, I'll probably just go. I, Christian Woods, a solid fallback option, also at 87, who's a little bit cheaper. Um, on this side, Aaron Gordon, he might be matched up directly on KD, and KD doesn't look like he missed one beat. If I blinked and was watching KD before he got hurt. And I just opened my eyes and I saw him now. I don't think there's anything different. He just has a different jersey. That's it. He looks exactly the same. Ex- the effortless motion motions that he's always done. He just makes everything look easy. Um, I, I don't see anything wrong with him. I really don't want to play any Eric Gordon or Aaron Gordon on this one either. Um, as far as Cole Anthony, six K is kind of maxing out his upside here. Uh, he had a decent game tonight but i'm just not in there either i don't think evan fournier and michael carter williams those are going to be tricky for me if michael carter williams plays and he's ready to go at 4400 uh he's definitely in my player pool because he should be seeing 30 minutes uh, as a starting point guard on this team when he's healthy he's pushed cole anthony back to a a bench role Uh, and cole anthony will probably play on ball off ball i know they played him just on ball when fultz was here but they'll need him more Uh, so if Carter Williams plays. That's a good price tag for him. And Fournier, that's not a bad price tag for him either. They're going to need his scoring. I'm just not so sure that... I think Carter Williams is closer than Fournier. Uh, so I'll have to look at that and, and see what happens. But Ken Birch, if Harden and Durant are playing and Vegas is saying that this is going to be a 14-point spread, Ken Birch should see a lot of minutes. There's no Mo Bamba right now. And at 4,100 and a good matchup against the backup bigs for Brooklyn, which are depleted right now. Uh, yeah, I really like Kem Birch in this one. If we expect a, a blowout scenario and he's probably him and Carter Williams are probably my two favorite plays on this squad. Um, where are you looking at here? Uh, yeah, you kind of stole my thunder with Kem Birch a little bit. Uh, I was going to come with him for, um, it's kind of a potentially lower owned, um, tournament option to kind of fit in Harden and Durant. Uh, but I really like the idea. You know, they the Magic are on the second night of a back-to-back. They got blown out tonight. And there's just not a whole lot of, I guess, resistance on that on Good that word. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, I think this is just a really great context where you can get potentially 24, 25 minutes out of Kim Birch. Which you know, I I think he can pay off pretty handsomely. So I really uh, outside of that though, I don't. There's not a whole lot. Again, Gary Clark is just the epitome of he's going to go stand in the corner and <laughs> shoot six threes and grab four rebounds, and you kind of hope he makes four of them for you know 18 fantasy points or so. Um, not really interested there, especially with Aaron Gordon back. Dwayne Bacon, James Ennis, they kind of do the same exact thing. They'll grab a couple of rebounds. They and they shoot threes, um, and then the rest of their guys are just a little overpriced for me. Uh, Cole Anthony, ever since he had that, I think it was against Houston where it came out where I just can't play him. Unfortunately, just the way I, I look at you know DFS plays, uh, just in terms of a bell curve, where you know you have your median projection. And then, you know, you have your kind of your 15% outlier outcomes in the positive direction, which, you know, which is like overtime or he's playing really well and they don't take him off the floor for 35, 40 minutes. 
Unfortunately, I just don't think he has that, which just severely limits him as a play for me. Um, and it's just it's just a little too expensive, I think, in this matchup. So I'm I'm definitely out on Cole Anthony. Um, yeah, that's about it. I think Michael Carter Williams is a, he has really good positional eligibility, point guard, small forward. So I think he's a guy if you if you need the value, if you need the savings. But you know that there's also the guys at on Houston who are probably much better minutes floor than Carter Williams. So other than Ken Birch, not really too interested, unfortunately, on this two game slate. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. And on the net side, I think you guys know exactly where we're going with this one. On the Nets, if Harden plays, I want me some James Harden, I want me some Kevin Durant, and I want me some DeAndre Jordan. I want my the new I want the guys who wanted to play together and I want to see how they act in the first game. And he Maybe we don't get peak Harden. Maybe we don't get peak Durant. Um, but it's a two-game slate, and there's going to be so much value on that Houston team, and there's some some value elsewhere that point for point, no one's going to touch these guys if, if they're even somewhat close. So uh, I really want – I'm definitely taking Durant. I'm definitely taking Harden if they're in there. And DeAndre Jordan at 4,500, knowing that there's no Jared Allen now, he's got to play a, a – as long as this game's close, the last one he played uh, 28 minutes. If he's getting in the mid 25s, 26, he's going to bring back pretty good value for you. I can bank on 20 plus points for him. Um, he does his he does his what he does. He's going to get low end points. He's going to grab you rebounds, block a shot or two, uh, do the little things, and he's probably going to be amped up knowing that James Harden's there as well, and uh, they're getting <laughs> their next superstar. So I'm going to go there, there, and there, and then. Um, I don't really know if I'm going to touch too much. I think there's more value out there to be had. Uh, though, if you wanted to look, I guess we'll see who makes the lineup. Maybe Jeff Green gets an extra run, but I just think it's going to go those those three guys for me, and then I'll make everybody else, or build the rest of my lineup around uh, the other three teams. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think Jeff Green is a little stronger of a play for me, just with the small forward, power forward eligibility. And I think he's going to end up being like a 28 to 32 minute per game guy for them, um, even when they're fully, fully ready to go. And he's kind of one of the, he's one of the guys I think can take some of that, you, you know, what whatever is left over from Harden and Durant usage wise. So, I mean, it's not an exciting play, but he's still only just 3,900. Um the minutes floor has been surprisingly consistent, 29, 34, 25, 25, and 32 in the last game. I don't think he has a huge ceiling by any means, but uh, I, these are the kind of plays, if you want to jam both Harden, Durant, and you know potentially, or like a Christian Wood, if you want to get the expensive plays, um, you, you got to play a guy like Jeff Green. I like it. Uh, so... We just knocked out this two-game slate, man, but we still have a four-game slate. It's really weird how this one's working out, and I'm glad we don't have that stupid showdown. <laughs> I don't like those showdowns. Uh, we always get stuck with those. But let's jump on. Right before we jump on, actually, to this next four-game slate, which is going to start at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, uh, then 8, 
then 8, and then the last game at 10 p.m. I want to throw out a quick shout-out to our guys over at Manscaped and to all the ball handlers out there. Before you throw on your team's gear, make sure you take care of your below-the-waist grooming. Our partners at Manscaped are here to save your boys from taking on a double team of nagging defenders so you can stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped is here to sync the competition and deliver the best tools for your below-the-waist grooming experience. If you haven't heard about it already, the Lawnmower 3.0 is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man because the ceramic blade and skin safe technology, uh, sna- your snags will be reduced. The Perfect Package 3.0 is a, a great package, and, and the, three, the Lawnmower 3.0 comes with it. And it also comes with a cordless um, body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. Guys, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the promo code HoopBall20. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. And when things get hairy in the fourth quarter, make sure to call on Manscaped in the clutch time. And now, my friend, let's go on to this four-game slate. Uh, We don't have many spreads for this one. But we will do our best. We have one current spread on the four-game slate, uh, but we will do our best. We have first game is Charlotte at Toronto. And on the injury report, we have Gordon Hayward is questionable. He missed the last one uh, with the left hip strain, but he's questionable in this one. And Cody Zeller is still out with that hand fracture. And on the Raptor side, we have Alex Len out for personal reasons. And Patrick McCall seemingly uh, still rehabbing that knee. Well, let's start with Charlotte, and we now have a changing of the guard, even uh, with Gordon Hayward, whether he plays or not. We have LaMelo Ball at the top of this team's price tag at 7900 Gordon Hayward at 78 uh, and then Rozier and Graham and P.J. Washington in the sixes. But, man, how are you feeling about that? Do you think that's an overpriced for LaMelo, or you can still target him here? Man, it's it's getting rough. Uh, I mean, he's been one of the most popular plays basically every time. You know, probably for the last two weeks, honestly. Uh, and he kind of just either been destroying the price tag or you know hitting value. And uh, without Gordon Hayward in there, you kind of you saw it last game where you know he only played twenty six minutes. But man, did he he just controlled everything on offense. And at this point, he's kind of just—he's a triple double threat, just just about every game now that he he touches the floor. Um, I'd expect we'd see a little higher of a minutes ceiling in this one too. You know, the last game was the second night of a back to back, so uh, with him a little more fresh, you know, I think we can get up to thirty thirty one minutes. Which man, the just the fantasy point per minute upside he's shown. Seems kind of crazy to pay the tag, but I, I at this point, I, you know, I I wouldn't fault you for playing him. Yeah, um, and honestly, it's going to matter to me what happens in this Philly Memphis game if it plays or play doesn't play, because that just shrinks the put player pool again for us if that game's off, uh, and then Lamella Ball becomes a little more a little bit better of a play to me, but at seventy nine. Without Hayward, I like it a little bit better. Uh, but with Hayward, man, that's that's getting, that's getting up there. That's getting up there. And I don't know if I want to go there again. 
I know people are going to go there, but I might have to, to hold off on that. Um, he's playing worthy of that price tag, but sometimes when you see guys just jump up like that, it's it's very hard for me to to go back to that well. Um, but outside of him, man, any anybody else you can play? I know I know there's one guy in uh, that power forward center spot that you you love, but can you play him or is is there anybody else that you like on this team? I mean, all my man does is put up for, you know forty <laughs> fantasy point games just night in night in and night out. You know, um, uh, and he's finally getting a little respect from DraftKings. You know, he's been in the mid six Ks, and um, but it's just not it's just not a great matchup for him. You know, even though he did have a really strong game uh, in the last one, uh, he does get a little bit of a usage bump with Hayward. You know, kind of the whole team does that. That really helps put them on the map, but. You know, despite Toronto's struggles as a team this year, I still think they're a really good, really great team. Um, and Pascal Siakam and Chris Boucher are not bigs. I and mean, OG Ananobi, when he swings down, they're guys I just don't really want to pick on uh, if I can avoid it. And you're kind of getting a ceiling price tag here for him. So if it fits the build, of course, I'm, I'm always in, in for P.J. Washington, but... I think at this point he's probably he's not fitting my builds all that well, and then I do think Devontae Graham and uh, at just six K is it a really good buy low opportunity? He played thirty seven minutes and just his minutes have just been so secure. You know, they're uh, the Charlotte coach is just not taking him or Rozier off the floor. And I, I think there's good, uh, there's just good upside with, without Hayward in this offense. You know, Melo, of course, is taking a lot of the possessions and he's handling the ball quite a bit. But um, I think Graham, Graham and Rozier are how this team can stay keeping close uh, scoring wise. And eventually, he's going to run into a pretty good shooting game here. You know, he's he's at five for fifteen, five for fourteen, seven for fifteen is pretty good. Um, you know, five for 13, three for 15, like he starts shooting a little better. You know, I, I think Graham in his current context is probably closer to like a seven, seven K player than he is a six K player. So I think, I think Graham would be the other spot. I would look as, you know, a potentially lower on pivot off of Melo, even too at the same position. Yeah. Um, kind of, that's funny. I didn't expect you to say that, but I don't mind Graham here either at six K for the reasons you said and uh he he's due for a game and this guy was one of the most improved players last year he's not having the great great start to the season Lamelo is pretty much stealing his thunder but he's playing a lot of minutes still and he's due for a game he was a big time scorer last year for this team so he's he's due for one this is a solid matchup for him uh especially if Lowry jumps on someone else uh, Lowry can go on Rozier Lowry can go on Paul so I don't mind 6K for him here. Miles um, Bridges at 45. If Gordon, these are both if Gordon Hayward doesn't play. I think if Hayward plays, I'm not really going to have much exposure to this team in particular. I think he his uses that he takes from everybody just just enough to where I think all these price tags are pretty good. Uh, yeah. But if he doesn't play, yeah, if he doesn't play, you get that extra bump, and then I think the price tags are pretty good. Uh, but Miles Bridges should get more minutes. I know he didn't start in the last one, but. Should get more minutes. And at 45, that's not a bad price tag. I know he'll probably be playing against Siakam and Anunnabi, um, but not bad for 45. And again, if Gordon Hayward doesn't play, we just saw a guy named Malik Monk get 23 minutes. Uh, this guy can score very quickly. 
And if he's going to play 23 minutes or 25 minutes without Monk at minimum value, if I'm digging deep and going at minimum baseline 3K, I don't think I'm going to find someone else who can score like that at 3K and get 20-plus minutes. Uh, That's only for bargain bin dumpster diving, but uh, he would be a guy and an option if, in a pinch, I only had 3K left in my lineup. Yeah. um, Monk wasn't really on my radar, but... I think especially in tournaments, it feels really difficult shooting guard spot. That just kind of sucks every night. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you would need Hayward out for sure. But I think he's a guy they're going to really want to get going at some point. Um, yeah, they, they invested the lottery pick in him a few years ago. Um, hasn't really produced on it. Yeah, I think this is a pretty good opportunity for for them to get him to more consistent minutes and you know he's kind of, he's definitely in that Lou Williams J.R. Smith um any name insert chucker here where they <laughs> they're just unconscious and willing to put up 12 shots in 20 minutes kind of a deal yep and man let's slide over onto this Raptor side uh, so yeah these teams did play each other last game and we have some people who did pretty well on this side, um, but where are you looking? And can you go back to Bobby Boucher over here, 69K, who's just doing great and knowing that there's not a big – I mean, Biombo's big, but he's awkward and kind of goofy, so I don't consider him a big, big man. Um, but can you go back to him, and could you b- go back to Siakam and some of these guys here in a, in a really good matchup? I'm not sure why they don't just don't start him at this point and be like, hey, you're the starter – Here's 32, 33 minutes every night. Like they, they're just screwing around with Alex Lynn, uh, Aaron Baines, and playing sm- super small ball with uh, Siakam at the center. It's just like you have this awesome, awesome player who's perfect for you know, who's a perfect five for today's NBA. And uh, I just don't understand it. It's just like mm-hmm. give this guy 32, 33 minutes every every single night and just stop bringing him off the bench, but. Uh, I cannot add, like you said. I don't, I don't think you can ask for a better matchup uh, than against Biombo and oh, just a really weak uh, defensive front court for the for the Hornets. And um, their their rate is one of the worst defenses in basketball. Just just one spot ahead of the Kings, unfortunately for my fandom. But um, the giving, I think there's still upside at this tag. You know, he has power forward center eligibility. And if you just kind of take a quick look at the game logs, it's just like he destroys it just about every single time out. As long as he has, he's getting into that, you know, upper 20s, low 30s minute minute range. And just the way he profiles, um, I, th- I think there's there's still meat on that bone at 6,900. So I really wouldn't mind that. And then kind of the only reason I have trepidation on Lamella Ball at 7,900 is... You got Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry basically at the same price tag, uh, who you could probably project for almost like ten more minutes, like eight to ten more minutes than Lamelo on average, like a medium projection. Um, you know, these guys, these guards, just have probably the most secure minutes role of anybody in the NBA. You know, Nurse is just going to roll these roll his starters out huge minutes just about every night in a competitive environment. And I don't know. I, I think I like, I, I like, I like Lowry and 
Van Vliet a little more. I think the floor is a little more secure. I I know what I'm getting from a minutes expectation. I know I'm getting the two lead offensive options. Um, Mello, it's it's just a higher range of outcomes, and I think Mello probably gets more ownership than both of these guys in cash and tournaments. So I think my lean is to go with the Toronto guards over the over Mello. Uh, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, and I I think we could attack a lot of guys in this on this particular team. I think, but but Bobby Boucher, I just love saying that. I, I think he's even though he jumped all the way up to sixty nine, I think he's still in a good matchup here, and he's in play for me. Um, and yeah, I do like Van Vliet and Lowry. Is, is particularly Van Vliet more than Lamella Ball, and I'd rather just pay an extra hundred dollars and, and get Van Vliet. In the last two games, Van Vliet is shooting ten of twenty three from the field and seven of twenty two from three. He's a very streaky type of guy, and he took twenty shots and fifteen threes against this Hornets team in the last game. He's he only made six and five. Five of his six shots were made made were threes. Uh, he scored thirty one DraftKings points. But you you change a couple of those shots when he's on he he's on and he's very streaky I think uh, after two off games he usually gets on a couple of all of those on games and I think this is in a perfect spot for him so I do think he has higher upside than uh, Lamelo with the more secure minutes and that's always a big 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 thing uh, outside of them two I, I like OG in this one as well at 55 i think that's a fairly good price tag i think he can put up another 30 points bring you back uh some solid value there a little over 5x near 6x value with some slight upside because he is more physical and then if they uh they don't really without alex len they can put him more at the four move siaka more at the five uh, they only played aaron baines in eight minutes in the last one in the first matchup with these guys so i think that's something that they're trying to do play more boucher play siaka more at, at the five when when they can especially when pj washington goes there and they move og down too so i like i like a lot of these guys on this team yeah i mean the I, I I think we've talked about this quite a bit just since since the restart that this Raptors team is just so good for fantasy just for fantasy purposes because we know exactly who's going to get the shots we know who's going to get the minutes um, and just when we can get competitive game environments and, and good matchups it's just it's just Yahtzee it's exactly what you look for opportunity minutes usage great context uh, yeah I'm. I want to fault you for playing basically any of the five the five key Raptors guys in this spot. I like it. And let's go on to this next one, Philly-Memphis. I want to say let's not spend a ton of time on this one because it's very likely to get canceled after Memphis just played Minnesota and Minnesota's gone down with cases of COVID. So I don't know if this one's going to be played. I want to say it's going to be – I have a feeling it's – I'm leaning more towards this game doesn't play than it does play. But it's on the docket right now, so let's hit it. But I think we could kind of go a little bit quicker on this one just just because. Uh, we yep. might be talk, talking and, it, and it's for nothing. But the Grizzlies don't have an injury report. Uh, they were supposed to play tonight, and it got canceled last minute, so they don't have one. Uh, but the Sixers do have an extensive one. They have Mike Scott, Vincent Poirier, Firkin Korkmaz, who I, I still can never – I always want to laugh when I say that name. Uh, Seth Curry and Joel Embiid out. Ben Simmons is probable. The big news there is Curry and Embiid are out. Uh, we, we already knew Curry was out, but now Embiid's out. So let's start on the – there's no spread, by the way, for this game. Uh, and it starts at 8 p.m. 
Eastern Standard Time. So without Embiid, where can we go here? We can can you play Simmons or Harris? Uh, can you play the Embiid or Embiid's backups in either Tony Bradley at the bare minimum or Dwight Howard at forty three? Are are you looking at any of these guys? Can you go with Milton who just had a big game or Maxi who's been really good lately? Yeah, I, I think Simmons is a guy I'd really want to key in on. Um, kind of, there's been some comments about you know just how Simmons' usage and how they want him to be just a far more involved as a creator. And you kind of look at the game logs: uh, twelve, twelve had an off game against Brooklyn, two, but twelve, six, eleven, eight, seven. You know, in his last eight games or so, in terms of assists, and it's just like. Man, you know, if he stays in this role, you know, that's, you know, this is a guy who could potentially lead lead the league in assists and just the way he contributes in every single category. Uh, There's a few extra shots available. That's, that's pretty, pretty appealing with his triple double upside. Um, In general, though, just Memphis, the way they, they slow things down quite a bit. Um, I'm not too enthused with this game environment. Um, I, I think the Atlanta Portland game later is a far more appealing game environment, but of course, again, that depends on you know maybe both one or both of these teams are shorthanded. If Memphis is shorthanded once again, or if this game does play, um, so I would look at Ben Simmons, especially in tournaments. I really like how they're starting to really key on him as a, a facilitator. Uh, Tobias Harris would take. Take, usually takes on a much bigger scoring role and uh, like an offensive shooter role when Embiid is off the floor. He makes some sense at 7,500. Um, with other than that, though, I think Shake and Tyrese Maxey are kind of uh, eating into each other a little bit, and they're both a little bit priced up 51, 5,200. If you guess right, that's decent, decent enough. But I'm not too enthused. I'd rather go elsewhere. And then outside of that, I'm everyone else is kind of just an avoid for me. Right? Yeah, for me, I I think we can get some solid value out of the backups in uh, Dwight Howard and uh, Tony Bradley. They're supposed to be playing. This is the first night of a back to back, so maybe if this game starts going in one direction or the other. Tony Bradley gets extra minutes. Uh, so at both at 4300 for Howard and and 3k for Tony Bradley, I think there's enough to be had there that uh, justifies both of them can be plays. Uh, for me, I don't mind Simmons either. He should be getting more run in this one. Jaws not the greatest defender if he plays. Uh, I know he was questionable in the in the game that got um canceled, but he should probably be playing now. I, I expected him to play at least one, not two, if he played at all. Um, in a less than a hundred percent, possibly Ja, who was never a great, who wasn't a great defender to begin with. Ben Simmons can have his way with him. He has the size advantage there, so I, I, I like paying up uh, the eight four for him there. And yeah, I don't. I'm not too too into everybody else because they all are hit or miss. The usage is going to be spread around. Whoever's hot is going to be shooting and, and has the hot hand, but I can't rely on too many others out there on this Sixers side as well. Uh, but let's go on to the, the Grizzly side. We have Ja, who was questionable, like I mentioned, uh, and he is currently still going to be questionable, I assume. And then we have Jay Val at 7. Ja's only 7'6". Uh, wh- where can you go here? If if Ja plays, uh, can you play him at 7'6"? Do you love the matchup? Or are you just uh, 
not playing guys too much against Philly. No, you, I, don't, I don't think you can go to Jaw in this spot. Um, we talked about it at length. The Toronto Charlotte guys, they're all exactly in this price range, yeah, seven six to seven nine. Um, I would rather play all three of them over Jaw in this spot where you have to imagine, especially with how well Tyus Jones has played, you know, they don't bring him back to a full minutes rotation right away. They kind of bring him, my guess is probably like 28 to 30 minutes, somewhere around that range in his first game back. And like you said, Philly, Philly is just a tough, tough matchup. Like I watched the, the Tyler hero cause I played Tyler hero yesterday and man, just, he had Ben Simmons the entire first quarter. And then Matisse Tybel once Ben Simmons went to the bench for a breather um, they're they're just so so tough on wings and guards that um, I'm just not I'm just I it's just a good mental note that I I, I did happen to watch that game that man I just I don't want to attack probably two of the better wing defenders in the entire game uh, if I can avoid it and this late we can so I'm not really into jaw at at all at that price tag. Um, All right, man. Yeah, I don't know if I want too much jaw on this one either. There are some point guards later, expensive point guards that are in a fantastic spot against each other. So I'm going to lay off jaw too, knowing Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in the league, and he's just coming back from an ankle injury. I'm not too thrilled with the price tag. But Jay Val is someone that I will give some consideration to. With no Embiid, usually I don't want to target Anybody going against Philly if, if you're a big man. But with no Embiid, that changes things a lot. And uh, I think J-Val is in a pretty solid spot. Even though Dwight Howard is a good defender himself, uh, he's not going to play extensive minutes. And if Morant comes back, just makes opportunities easier for J-Val. So I would look in that direction. Um, but outside of that, if, if Morant plays, I'm not too sure where I want to go. I don't know. This team hasn't played with him in a while. Uh, and everybody's roles are changing, so I'll see what happens with that. Um, I guess I would take another look at Brandon Clark, 63, but I'm not in love with the price tag at the moment. Um, and DeAnthony Melton, if Morant doesn't play at 44, is a guy I'll look at. I'm sorry, you wanted to say something? Yeah, um, the the big thing with these a lot of the Memphis guys is they're all priced for their roles without John Morant, with John mm-hmm. Morant being out for a couple of weeks. So you'll see just about everybody get priced down over the next week or so as Jaw comes back into his role of, you know, 34, 35 minutes being the top usage guy. And you'll see a lot of these ancillary pieces on the Grizzlies degress in price tag. So it's just not it's just not a spot to attack, even on a four game slate. You're paying full price. You're paying their full price without Jaw even though Jaw is playing into a, just a really, really good defense. So I, 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 it's just not a good spot. All right, man, let's get on to this, this next one. And again, we don't have a spread for this one. Uh, it's Detroit Pistons at the Miami Heat. The Heat are, and then the reason we don't have a spread for this one, the Pistons haven't played in a couple days, and the Heat are mostly still depleted. Uh, for the injury report on the Heat, Piston side, we have Killian Hayes and Frank Jackson are both out. On the Heat side, we have Avery Bradley, Jimmy Butler, and Myers Leonard definitely out. And then we have Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic, Mo Harkless, Udonis Haslam, and Tyler Hero all questionable. 
Uh, everybody is health and safety except for Tyler Hero has neck spasms. That's the only one that we can say is a uh, more body injury type of thing. Uh, but let's start with the Detroit Pistons side. And um, w- what are you looking at on the Pistons side, man? We have Grant is still 7-4, and he's been just a rock solid. We kind of have a little bit of a discount with him in this one. He was um, touching almost 8K in the last one. He only put up 34, and now now he went back to 7-4. Uh, so can you play him in this matchup, knowing that the Heat are probably going to be depleted again, knowing that the Heat don't have Jimmy Butler? Um, and, and can you play anybody else in this one, depending on who's in and who's out of, on the Heat side? I mean, you called it. Uh, Jeremy Grant was kind of, I was just kind of looking through players and going through basketball reference and just saw, holy crap, Jeremy Grant's averaging 25 points per game on really, really good efficiency. It's like, I mean, the guy wanted to bet on himself and <laughs> it, seemed, it seems like it. he was right. He was able to handle handle the increased workload. Um, and you said it, he's just been probably one of the most consistent fantasy options we've had this year. You know, he's getting above 35 minutes in every single game he's taking a bunch bunch of shots uh he's always been a really good defensive box and steals guy even you know just about everywhere everywhere else he's been um and i think this is especially if bam Adebayo ends up sitting uh, i think the matchup does get a little bit worse if Adebayo is in but if Adebayo does sit this is not the same heat defense that we're really scared of especially with jimmy butler out and some of their other key contributors out so i i could get behind it i haven't played jeremy grant very much this year but you're getting you're definitely getting a little bit of a discount and i can't complain about the offensive role one bit yeah uh if for grant i think he's a rock solid cash play not so not as better as a tournament just because the upside is kind of I mean, he he hit 52 times, but I don't see him hitting 50 fit, uh, on the regular, uh, especially. But if if Adebayo doesn't play this game, the Heat they won't blow out the Heat. Uh, we'll we'll see if if I mean Tyler Hero might not play as well, so that that could come in. But the the Pistons aren't a good team, so I think it's going to stay close regardless. But if Adebayo doesn't play, that helps him and everybody else on this Piston side. But yeah, I think he's a rock solid cash guy. He's just getting 40 points on the regular. And he's bringing back solid value, um, and I just I know I can count on him. Like you mentioned, you said he's averaging twenty five points a game nearly. Uh, that's crazy. I did not expect that to happen. But he's he's a cash staple right now, and I know he had a, only thirty four points in the last one, but that's still almost five x value on a bad uh, on one of his worst games. So really like him in this one. Uh, Plumley at five k. If there's no Autobio, gets to be a really good matchup for him. Uh, there's no one on his size. He's he's a little bit bigger than uh, Olenek, and I think he's a little bit better than Olenek, so I don't mind. I like him at 5K if Autobio doesn't play. If Autobio does play, I don't want anything to do with him at this price because that guy is just a lockdown defender. Uh, I'll, I'll give another look at Josh Jackson. He hasn't been playing the minutes that I wanted him to lately. Uh, he did jump back up to 24 in the last one, which is starting to get back on the – that's where I – he should be playing, so I'll, I'll give him a look on that one at, at 42 if if there's some injuries there. Um, but if Adebayo and, and and Hero and Drogic, and they're almost mostly healthy without Butler, I don't know if I really want to touch too many guys on this Piston side. Yeah, uh, I, I think you said it. Just 
I think Grant Grant is a, play, a guy you play for the floor, not necessarily the ceiling. And everyone else is kind of it's a little bit of a difficult situation to parse through because uh, there's just too many guys who kind of play in that 24 to 28 minute range and not a whole lot distinguishes themselves from each other. Yeah. Let's jump on to the heat side and I'll take the lead on this one quick. Uh, we don't exactly know what they're going to look like. I just mentioned read off that injury report. So many people are questionable. Uh, we know Br- Bradley Butler and Leonard are out, but everybody else is questionable. So it's, this is a very hard one to sift through. I do want to say though, all of those pieces that we were able to play a couple times, uh, the precious, the Gabe Vincent, uh, even Tyler Hero, Olenek, all these guys got that big price increase. And if this team gets healthy, it's not a team that I want to attack now. Uh, if everybody's there besides Butler and, and Bradley, I mean, I'm I'm not paying 5K to play Gabe Vincent. Uh, Tyler Hero at 7-2, it's pushing on the, the line of I don't really want to. I think he still has upside on there, but I think we have, we just talked about a couple people on Toronto and a couple people around that price tag that I feel more comfortable with. Um, now Precious is 4.7. If uh, Adebayo plays, you can't play him. It's just this is all going to be very dependent on what news we get later to, for me to make any educated decisions on who I want to play. But I do know that if they are near full strength, don't really like any of these uh, inflated price tags because they're kind of priced to where they were be- when they were the only options on the team. Yeah. No, you said it. I mean, this is a spot you have to wait for news. Thankfully, it's only half an hour after lock, so we should have a pretty good idea if Hero or Vincent or Autobio, what their status is heading into this game. Um, but, I mean, there's just too many iterations for us to go through right now. If, you know, if Hero's out, but Autobio's in, but what if these two guys are <laughs> yeah. in? You know, it's just, it's, this is just a wait for news, be on the Discord, you know, what. We'll, we'll be able to help you parse through um, just the Miami information that comes out. Exactly. Um, and it, the the thing is, everybody is health and safety. Like you mentioned, this is only – this starts at 8. The lock starts at 7.30. Everyone sans Tyler Hero is health and safety protocols. We should I'm, – I'm assuming there's a 90% chance that we'll know if they clear the health and safety protocols by then. So we should have – the news there and if we're on the discord we can say okay now we know who cleared it who didn't where the usage where the the value goes but until then it's pretty much we can say whatever and then it just changes on a dime anyway like we've been doing which is getting crazy um but before i get into this last one i do want to stop this podcast for one quick second uh and quickly because we need to pause the show for a fun announcement it's free stuff guys everyone loves free stuff what's that stuff you ask the Bruise Letter is back. Oh, yes. Back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski is writing an email newsletter filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. Uh, it's not on the website, not on any podcast, not on any social media. It's only in the email newsletter, and you can sign up to get it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash Bruise Letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash Bruise Letter 2021. Aaron Brisky, straight to your inbox. Enjoy. I also want to bring up the Fantasy Pass. So the Fantasy Pass, I, we, we know that the draft season is over. We're already almost on week four of the NBA regular season. 
But the Fantasy Pass is still the best deal in the industry at just four ninety nine per month. And now that we're into the regular season, there's zero commitment. So sign up for one month for 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. We know you'll love it, but it's always a nice option to have. The Fantasy Pass has everything you'll need to dominate all year. Updated projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, as Aaron mentioned a couple minutes ago, the HoopBall Discord server where you can all hang out with HoopBall pros around the clock and get one-on-one help with your team. So please please do check it out. Head to HoopBall-.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. And if you just want to be on the DFS Pass with myself, Aaron, and all of our guys, uh, that is only one ninety nine a month. Uh, just crazy cheap. But now we can get back onto our schedule of programming, Aaron. We have the last game of the night, and it's this, this one, ding, 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 we actually have a line for. We just <laughs> went through a bunch of games with no line, but we have one for this one. Uh, the, it's the Atlanta Hawks at the Portland Trailblazers. The Atlanta Hawks are going to be on a back-to-back. Uh, they're currently losing to the Jazz. It's in the fourth quarter. Uh, but we have a whopping 237 over under spread, and the Blazers are six-and-a-half-point home favorites. Uh, so let's start with the Hawks. We have Trey Young still still under that 9K mark. Uh, we have John Collins at 7-1. Clint Capella, who's defying all the odds and playing on back-to-backs uh, at 6-7. Uh, but on the injury report, we know that Gallinari is out. Bogdanovich is out. Chris Dunn is out. They don't have an official injury report, so I'm just just letting you know. But Rondo came back last night. Uh, uh, Onyeki Okungwe came back last night. So they're getting pretty healthy, man. Um, We'll see what happens on the injury report since it's the second game of the back-to-back. But assuming that everybody plays, where are you going with this one? Uh, Yeah, so the first guy I'd really like to go to is um, Trey Young, I think. Who? (laughs) this he's once again he's just had a horrible horrible shooting game he's in the middle of a one for ten with only four points in this utah game uh utah game that they're getting blown out in and i want to keep buying i want to keep buying after all these bad games and everyone's pissed off at him for not not playing near to their expectation and just keep buying this price tag I don't know exactly if he's going to get into cash builds. I haven't, you know, gone through every iteration yet. But this is the game environment you want to be attacking on this slate. You know, Atlanta, Atlanta, Portland, uh, two teams that are not particular have not been particularly all that great on defense. That tend to push the pace. They're pretty good offensive teams with really good offensive guards. And you're buying pretty. You're buying really low on Trey Young. And I. I think he's the kind of the gold star tournament play of this slate in an excellent, excellent spot on the second night of a back to back. No one's going to, no one's going to want to do it, but you just, you just keep buying the workload. You keep buying the minutes and believing that, you know, his shots eventually going to regress to the mean. And once it does, you'll, you'll be able to really profit, profit off it. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I'm, I'll look at Trey Young at 89, and I'm going to look at his counterpart very much so as well, as the old adage says. Uh, I know it's been two two years and, and barely two years. Uh, I'll say exactly two years because we had a they cut their season short last year. But people going against Trey Young are pretty nice options. Uh, but yeah, yeah Trey Young at 89, very good value. Um, 
Clint Capella, I kind of want to see if he comes out of this game. I, I'm like at a loss for words now because I did not expect this guy to start playing in back-to-backs like this. Uh, he played, he's shooting eight for eight tonight, only 25 minutes, but um, I don't know if, if he's ready to go again without Joseph Nurkic and just him and Cantor who are similar in the paint, grab rebounds type of guy. He blocks shots. Cantor doesn't, but that's not a bad price tag for him. Cantor doesn't play defense whatsoever. Uh, so, if he can play and he can give you 30 minutes, I think that's a very good, solid price tag there. But outside of him, I can't really trust John Collins yet, and uh, Covington's defense is still good even though he's not making shots. And all these wings, I usually get them wrong, and I think we have some solid value outside of them. So I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i look at Trey Young and very hesitant to say yes on Clint Capella, but um, I'll, I'll need to see what the injury report says tomorrow. But I, I think he's in a good spot as well. Yeah, I mean, versus Ennis Cantor, that's just a giant, giant downgrade for the Portland interior defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think this will be a spot to attack for just kind of any upper-tier center uh, in terms of you know potential just uh, upside, upside scoring, upside scoring potential against Ennis Cantor, who's probably the worst defensive center in basketball, if not worst, <laughs> probably one pretty, pretty darn close to it. Um, outside of that though, I think there's, again, these wings are just, they're uh, solid plays, but for me solid, personally, yeah. I always get them wrong. So, uh, I'm about in this short season. I'm not, I'm my guess. Per, my correct percentage with those guys is, is pretty putrid. So I'm just starting to say someone else deal with them. I'll, I'll go find the value somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the way to keep way to keep playing it is just if one fits your build, great. If not still great, you know, just kind of, <laughs> I like, you know, that. If, you, if you, if you have the room for Deandre Hunter, great or Huerta or reddish, just whatever, whatever price range you kind of need. I think all these guys are viable plays. they the Hawks have shown the whole season that all these guys are going to be involved in the offense to some degree. Um, there's some minutes volatility. Hunter probably has the best minutes security of of all these guys, um, and he's kind of just a little bit of a better fantasy asset because he's really good on the boards and uh, pretty pretty fairly efficient uh, when he scores. But yeah, I think it's just if I need to. Just whatever guy can you can slot in uh, to your build makes makes the most sense. All right, man. And what we'll do now is we will jump on over to the last team of the night, the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, so I kind of tipped my hand there when I said I'm I'm going to be playing a lot of Damian Lillard, probably more so than Trey Young at the same yep. price, and and maybe I'll play both of them. I think that's yep. a, a good run it back type of thing there too, uh, and. Uh, they are two of the top three highest-priced guys on the slate, but they aren't—I mean, they are the two top highest guys because Joel Embiid's not playing, but they're not crazy expensive. It's 9-2 and 8-9, so you could still—you're not—it's not like taking a Giannis and Luka and then just a bunch of three, three-and-a-half-K type guys. You still have some good good chunk of money left over to, to not put yourself—handicap yourself. Uh, but 
Yeah, man, let's. I'll, you, I'll let you take this one. Kind of put my Dame Lillard stamp in there, <laughs> and I'll let you yeah. run with the rest of the team. Uh, yeah, so I, I think the intriguing thing with this Portland team is CJ McCollum has really, really taken a leap this year. That's kind of maybe gone a, gone a little bit unnoticed in terms of his offensive role. Um, he's really boosted his just just everywhere just his usage rate his assist rate has gone significantly up from 19 to 27 percent this year his usage rate was 25.9 to 28.6 this season um he's taken he's been far more efficient this season with a 54 percent true shooting to 61 percent this season so he's been one of those few guys who's been able to extend their minutes or their uh, workload with, while increasing their efficiency, which is almost unheard of for a guy who's been in the league for seven years. And just the minutes role is it's kind of very similar. These Portland guys are uh, kind of like the Toronto Raptors guys where you just know in a competitive game environment, you're getting, you know, a minimum 34 to 35 minutes uh, with some of the best usage rates in the entire NBA. Um, so I think CJ is, it's kind of weird to say, um, to consider him over Dame Lillard, but if that extra 900 bucks does get you something, I don't mind it in the slightest, especially considering the fact that he, he gives you the shooting guard eligibility, depending on your build. And um, you you kind of said it already with Dame, just anyone against Trey Young, especially it just has just such a huge boost on offense. And ninety two hundred is kind of a pretty good price tag for what we've been expecting for Dame for a lot of the season. I think it's his low point in the last ten games or so. So both of these guys are firmly in play for me. Um, I'm leaning a little bit towards CJ though. I think maybe just for a little bit of the price discount. And I think I believe in the narrative a little bit, just what we've been seeing through the first 11, 12 games that Dame is taking just a little bit of a slight step back and letting CJ handle a larger, larger portion of the workload. Yeah. And I see that too. And, and McCollum, and I was never one to play McCollum before this year, but he's no. putting he's he's making it seem um, making it known that he should be in more lineups. And he's playing great. Uh, to me, it just comes down to the Trey Young factor, and he's going to be on Lillard a lot. I think they're going to want to have a big shootout. Uh, these two guys mm-hmm. are, are two of the two guys and Steph Curry that can shoot from uh, probably three quarters court. I know Lillard said he's comfortable shooting from the logo in an NBA game. I think Trey Young wants to say the same and Steph Curry, but I think they, if they wanted to, and in just shooting around at the gym, they could put it closer to three quarters court. Uh, I just think anyone going against Dame or Trey is a very good matchup. Kind of same, similar to anyone going against Lillard is gets a little boost. Uh, but I, I would rather pay the nine and, and hope we get one of those big, big Lillard games. Outside of them two, though, Enos Cantrip just mentioned him, how we can attack him because he's a very bad defensive center. But without Nurkic in this game and for the foreseeable future at 5,600, this guy is – we I can lock him in for a double-double. Uh, if, if he's seeing yeah. 25 minutes to 30 minutes a game, a double-double is going to come easy, maybe an assist or two. I don't expect any 
blocks or steals, but he should be able to put up his 25, 30 DK points and, and bring you back some solid value there um, with, with just 25 minutes or so because this guy just grabs rebounds. Um, outside of them, there's not too much that's been consistent to where I want to like, even though the matchup is pretty good. Uh, I would want to tar- target people in the, this matchup, but um, I'm just not comfortable on who it's going to be. Maybe maybe Gary Trent Jr. at 3,500 could be the guy that I can look to. Uh, he's, he tends to get hot, but it's very, very out of, the, out of nowhere when it happens. But Harry Giles, uh, Giles is a guy that I might look at. Enos Cantor's not going to... I don't know if he'll play 30-plus minutes, uh, so he might cap out at 30. Got, Giles should get the rest of those center minutes, and that's something, especially against a big team, and that's something that um, I think at 3,200, you got some some upside there. Mm-hmm. That's another bargain bin type of dig there. Yeah, um, I could talk a, li- a little bit more about the Portland ancillary guys. Um Part of that CJ boost in usage, too, has just really affected everybody else on the team. And with Nurkic not playing as many minutes this year, uh, the the Blazers have been so hugely condensed into CJ and Dame taking pretty much every possession in terms of either creation or uh, just pure shot volume. So, like, a lot of these other guys, Robert Covington, he has just – he's had such a really good minutes role, but just the shot – the shots haven't been there. And he's always a guy we depended on, you know, block steals and hitting threes. But, unfortunately, you know, you kind of want him, even at pretty reasonable tag at 4,800, you want him around 10 to 12 shots, and that hasn't been consistent whatsoever this season. Um, and kind of the same thing goes for just about everyone else on the team. You know, Melo will come in and chuck a little bit, but he's not getting enough minutes to really matter. Um, Derek Jones Jr. just has had no shot volume. You know, he's kind of between like four and seven shots, four and eight shots every game, even though his, his minutes workload has been pretty fairly decent. Um, Gary Trent, kind of the same problem. You know, pretty decent shot volume, but he's not getting enough minutes. And if he's not hitting his threes, he's not he's not going to get the value. So that's kind of been this Blazers team. It's just been so so condensed into uh, Dame and CJ. And I think with Enos Cantor being the third banana, that's a really good call, especially at just fifty six hundred. Um, if he gets twenty five to twenty six minutes, he's always been kind of one of the better fantasy point per minute guys. Uh, I think. He'll be a guy we'll be wondering if we should pay 6.5K for in a week. I like that. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for our two-game and four-game slate, guys. Uh, Aaron, is there anything before we head on out of here that you, you want to say? Do you have a, a particular favorite play that you don't want to leave? Or or you just want to tell everybody, because you are on the Discord tomorrow. Uh, everybody tune into the Discord and uh, Aaron's got gotcha. you. But is there anything you want to tell these viewers before we head on out of here? Yeah, I, I think the big thing this DFS season, you know, we've, we've been talking about it in the Discord a little bit. Um, just it's been a really difficult start to the year for everybody in terms of just craziness happening with the slate and really weird blowouts and scores and everything in between. So don't be discouraged if, 
you go on a little bit of a losing streak and you, um, you think, you know, oh, I'm never, never going to win again. I think the biggest thing to remember is really good bankroll management principles. And maybe you take a day off or so and just, uh, just don't do anything DFS related and then come back fresh with, you know, your good lineup building principles and, uh, managing your bankroll well and getting after it then, um, I think this grind gets really, really real pretty quickly, especially if you go on, you know, a four or five day losing streak to, to begin the year. So I think that's probably the big thing is just remember, hey, it's been a grind. It's been really difficult for everybody. Um, just keep after it and keep remembering, you know, what makes what makes you a good DFS player. All right, man. I think you said it perfectly. And guys, take that advice and let's run with it. Uh, but as always, it was a pleasure with you, Aaron. And thank you guys for tuning in. And we will catch you again tomorrow. I believe it's Mike. And you will get a new voice. I'm not going to ruin the surprise for you guys, but you're going to get a new voice with Mike tomorrow. Um, so thank you again for the January 16th edition of Hoopball's DFS Today. I'm Santino Cocone. You can find me at Twitter or on Twitter at Santino Cocone and my friend here and Aaron Asmus, you can find him at Asmus Sports. That's A-S-M-U-S-S-P-O-R-T-S. Did I get that one right? That's it. Nice. I got it right. And, and we will catch you again. Us two will catch you again next Friday. So thank you guys for tuning in and have a great night.